Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. We are looking forward to sharing our guest with you today. Reese Evans is a master manifestation and abundance coach, creator of the Yes Supply Method, and is on a mission to teach the world the power of their subconscious mind and universal laws to create the life they're meant to live. After starting on her path to her coaching business and working with dream clients, she knew there was something missing. She was feeling like her mission deserved so much more growth, and she wanted to go so much deeper with her clients and to make lasting, deeply impactful shifts on a spiritual, emotional, and energetic level and create more abundance, but she didn't know how. After discovering the power of the subconscious mind, our doorway to the infinite with coaching techniques like neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, emotional freedom techniques, tapping, and energy work, she found her answer. She now coaches her students in the Yes Supply Method certification to create massive positivity as a mindset, manifestation, relationship, and business coach. And she has created an impact in her business beyond what she even knew was possible by helping people release trauma and repressed emotions so they can break free and create quantum leaps. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Action Catalyst. This is Dan Moore, and I'm so pleased that we have Reese Evans joining us today. Reese, welcome to the Action Catalyst. Thank you so much, Dan, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are in an unforgettable time in our world. Uh, We're recording this while Canada, where you live, is on lockdown, where big parts of the U.S. are in lockdown, where people are in their homes, sometimes more than they have been in years, where they're interacting with the people they're closest to and not interacting with others that they normally interact with. What are kind of your general observations, Reese, about how people seem to be coping and and what are you seeing about the people that are doing the best job in coping? And you have a great background in helping people be the best they can be. So we just are delighted you're here. Thank you so much, Dan, for having me. Yeah, it's it's a really, really interesting time right now. And, you know, especially when this first started to blow up with the pandemic and people needing to self-isolate, we saw a lot of messaging from people saying, just stay calm during during this pandemic or, you know, how to just deal with anxiety. And I think that we're seeing a little bit of both. I think some people are feeling really anxious and really panicked and some people are dealing with it in a really calm state. I think the most important thing for us all to start off with is really managing our own emotions and allowing our own emotions to happen. So if you see someone telling you to feel calm at this time or feel this way or feel that way, yes, be aware of what's happening, but it's most important right now for us to look inside and think about like, how am how can I deal with this? How can I honor what I'm currently feeling? Do I need to take a nap? Do I need to talk to my mom about it? And through that, we can all process differently because we're all so unique. We're all completely unique people. Uh, what has worked the best for me? Because to be honest, when this was first blowing up, even before you know the NBA shut down and the NHL and all these things shut down, I was actually starting to get a little bit 
worried because I could see that it was coming from Japan into Italy and it was starting to come into the US and Canada where I live. And it didn't look like our world leaders were doing anything about it. And I thought, you know, it could be ignorant to just kind of see what happens or assume that people in China are different than people here and we're somehow immune to it. But once I could see that, you know, our world leaders were looking into ways that we can quarantine and slow the curve and not just use the excuse of, oh, well, if you're in between 20 and 50, you're fine because it only affects elderly people who are immune compromised, but actually thinking about, well, we all have different people in our life that we love and we would never want to be a carrier to if we were asymptomatic and we need to be cautious of that and if for all it takes is for us to stay inside and go within and maybe organize our homes or practice our creative abilities or work on that business we've been meaning to work on forever for two to four weeks until this blows over then I think that that's the best thing that all of us could do right now. Well, I know your own background is to help people develop a real abundance mentality instead of a scarcity mentality. Seems like that would be extremely appropriate right now. Absolutely. One of the things that I'm really grateful for is that, you know, you're an entrepreneur as well, so you understand this. But if you're working for another company, that company has to put their own needs first. So even if they don't want to lay you off, they might have to in order to keep you know, their company going. And I remember at an old job I worked at, a lot of the company was laid off and I was lucky enough to keep my job. And so when I went into growing my own business and starting my own business, you realize that like, I'm so grateful right now that I was thinking about what if a recession happens? Nobody else is caring about my retirement except me. And I'm so grateful that I have savings set aside and I'm in a good place right now. And I'm in a place where our company has savings set aside. So even if this were to go on for six months, I can still keep everyone on my team. And I think it's such a good time for us all to look at the fact that Yes, some people are being laid off and yes, some companies are going downwards, but there's a lot of companies and op- and situations and businesses that are actually going up right now. Zoom is doing better than ever because everyone's using Zoom right now. I'm sure the grocery stores are doing great because everyone's going out and cleaning out all the toilet paper. I'm sure the toilet paper companies are going great as well. So right now, even though we're only hearing negativity in the media, there's actually so many opportunities right now. It's just really important for us to be have behavioral flexibility and look at where are the opportunities going. There's more than enough for all of us. There's more than enough reasons why we all can thrive. We all can succeed. But where is it that we have to look for those opportunities? It might not be in the same place that it was before. Just like Uber stock is going down right now because people are not going out on Fridays or commuting to work, but Zoom is going up. How can we think of the future of working online and having our own schedules and managing our own time? And where are those opportunities going? And this time right now can actually be something that we use to plant a seed that creates so much abundance for the future. And if you look online, there's so many resources and articles that show how many millionaires were created during recessions before. So there's no reason why it can't be the exact same way right now during this time. So it's just, first of all, backing up the lens enough to realize there are opportunities. It's not all darkness. There's a lot that we can do. For sure. Manage the thoughts, manage those thoughts. 
Yeah. In my business right now, because I help people become online coaches, I'm seeing a lot of people still signing up. And what they're saying is they've been meaning to start a coaching business. So they've been meaning to get into entrepreneurship and they've been telling themselves, I'll do it when I have the time. I'll do it when I have the space. Now people have space, right? Or, you know, for those of you who are in Dan's audience who are entrepreneurs, the main key that we need to be thinking about as entrepreneurs is how can we solve a problem, right? The most successful businesses solve a really great problem. So what problems are people currently dealing with right now? They're feeling isolation. They're feeling stuck. They might be feeling lack of motivation because they're not used to being by themselves and having to self-motivate. And so by thinking about those problems and thinking, how can I come up with a solution? People are more in need of these solutions than ever before. So just by showing up and offering it, it doesn't mean pivoting your whole business, but maybe just shifting the messaging a little bit to be aware of the current circumstance. By doing that, you can actually see yourself thrive, maybe even more than you were before. Hmm. I think that's a fantastic insight. Um, Albert Schweitzer once said that when a person's talents and the needs of the universe intersect, they have found their purpose. Absolutely. Really what you're talking about, I think is great. Maurice, if if you don't mind, um, during the course of you building to the point where you are today, helping so many people self-actualize and figure out how to move forward in life, despite what's going on, undoubtedly you've hit some brick walls along the way, you know, things that were completely unexpected obstacles. What, what are some things that, that your experience has taught you about how to cope with these just slam in the face that you weren't expecting? Absolutely. One of my favorite quotes is from Buckminster Fuller, where he says, you can't change reality by fighting the existing reality to, to create a new reality. You must create a new model and live from that place. And so if you're wanting to start a new business or something like that, and you're just fighting the current reality saying, I hate my job, I hate my boss, I don't like not making enough money. We know that whatever we focus on expands. The observer effect, scientific studies prove that whatever you focus on, you create. So if you're focusing on, I don't like my boss, I don't like my money situation, you'll only create more of that. So one of the things that's helped me the most every time I've hit a roadblock, whether it's putting something up for sale and people aren't buying or, you know, with the Instagram algorithms and social media algorithms changing all the time, you know, you post something that you think is going to work and no one bites. Or even right now with this whole pandemic happening, I have live trainings that were planned for uh, April 19th to April 25th. And at first I was feeling panicked. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to cancel this. Am I going to have a ton of refunds? What am I going to do right now? Like it was very scary. And so if I were to continue to focus on, oh my gosh, I don't want this. I'm resisting the present moment. I'm wishing it didn't exist. I'm crying, whatever that is. That's not making it better. And so one of the things that I always ask myself is, how do I want things to be instead? And I give myself a moment to pause and to like detach myself from what's currently happening. And I think about how would I want things to be instead? Or what is the outcome that I want? So in this situation in particular, I thought, well, what do I want? And what is it that my clients want? Well, they want to become successful coaches. They want to feel connected. They want to get the lessons that I teach. And so I realized, what if I, instead of saying, oh my gosh, this sucks, you know, canceling everything and refunding all these things, 
what if I make, what if I turn this lemons into lemonade? And what we actually did was we switched it into an online interactive experience where they're still going to get the same amount of time coaching. They're still going to get the same um, insights and learnings, but it's online. It's actually a benefit because they're saving money on flights or saving money on hotels. And so by thinking about what do I actually want, what do my students want or the people that I'm helping want, and then building from that place, I was able to come up with the solution that I never would have been able to come up with if I was just focusing on the negative. And I've done that every single time. I remember when I first started my business, I thought it would be insane for someone to spend $2,000 working with me for three months. Like I remember thinking, who has that kind of money? That's crazy. But what I had to do was switch myself into abundant mindset of, well, you know, I've been studying this. I've worked on my own mindset. I've gone from self-loathing and living in an abusive household and, you know, struggling through eating disorders to coming out on the other side and actually loving myself and being a positive person that took work and that took a lot of introspection. And when I saw my own worth and I started to believe in it and back myself, I could get into that identity of the person who attracts those outcomes. And then those outcomes came into my life. Wow. That was a couple of books in that. (laughs) (laughs) I need to write one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think think you've already started. Um, (laughs) So when we have a tendency to want to dwell on what we don't like about our situation, you're suggesting we just simply back up a second and ask the question, what do I want instead? What would Mm -hmm. I like to have happen instead? Mm -hmm. Because that's the way to get the mind rolling. Am I getting that correct? Absolutely. One of the first questions I asked myself back when I used to work in retail folding sweaters, and it's so crazy to think I used to be in retail just a few years ago, folding sweaters doing the same thing in and out. And now I have a million dollar business where I'm doing exactly where it is, what it is that I love. And the person back then, I don't know if she would have believed that this was possible for me now, but the first question I asked myself, which is why I called Yes Supply, Yes Supply, is what would I ask for if the answer was yes? Because I could not, from that place, having my mind folding sweaters and hating my job and not making enough money, think of the fact that this could be my reality. But when you separate yourself, you give yourself the opportunity to think. And it's also really important too, if you are setting relationship goals or money goals, be aware of the results. Like be aware of how much is in your bank account, of course. Be aware of how much money you're making, of course. But don't obsess over them because the more you obsess over it, the more you create more of that. You want to start to think about how would I want things to be instead? How would I want my relationship to look instead? How would I want my money situation to look instead? And say, now what can I do or who can I be to make that possible? And then have the discipline and the focus and the imagination to turn that into reality. Mm-hmm. So if we just change our focus away from the things that we don't want and just ask that question, what would I like instead? What would I want to see happen instead? I think is a fantastic way to go about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the first step. And then, of course, we have our old paradigms and our old ways of thinking. So we have to get through that, too, because it's. I wish I could say snap your fingers and just say that and that's it. But also, as soon as you start thinking, oh, what if I made a million dollars or what if I had this dream relationship, your old paradigms, those little voices in your head saying, you can't have that. You can't have someone who loves you. You can't have the money that you want. And so you have to become aware that those little voices in your head, those little mean people in your head, 
they are, they can't dictate your outcomes. They're just your thoughts, but you are not your thoughts. You're the thinker of your thoughts. And when you start to realize that those little voices are popping up just because of old paradigms, then what you can do is start to pick them apart piece by piece saying, why am I choosing to believe that? Why am I choosing to believe that I can't have the relationship that I want? Oh, Maybe because I think it's safer if I don't have a relationship. Maybe because I witnessed my mom and dad divorcing or breaking up. So to save me from pain, I'm not even allowing myself. Most of the time, if we don't have what it is that we want, it's not because the opportunity isn't there. It's because we're actually resisting it. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with. I'm not a relationship coach, but sometimes this comes into the picture where You know, I'll be working with a woman who thinks like, I can't get a boyfriend, I can't get a man, but she actually has a limiting belief that if she gets into a relationship, she's going to lose her freedom or her business is going to suffer. And when we essentially attack that limiting belief, then she is able to see, oh my gosh, this person has been in my life this whole time. And I didn't even realize that they were my, my dream person. So it's um, figuring out what it is that we want and then breaking through whatever in our subconscious mind has been making us resist allowing that into our lives so we can receive it. Mm-hmm. Reese, this kind of relates, I think, to the subject of how to form constructive habits. Um, what, what are your thoughts on how to replace a, a destructive habit with, with a better habit? It's, it's not simple enough to just say, oh, that's easy. If you want to have a cigarette, go eat an apple instead. It's, <laughs> it's kind, of, kind of pat. But what have you learned and observed about how people can change mental habits into more productive ones? Absolutely. That's a great question. So uh, one of the modalities that I teach is called NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, similar to what Tony Robbins does. And so there's something within that that's called the logical levels of our mind. And so on the different levels, on the top is identity. Below that is values and beliefs. Below that is capabilities or your potential. Below that is behaviors. And below that is environment. On the top level, so your identity, your values and beliefs, that's working on the subconscious, where the bottom levels working on environment or behavior that's conscious. Okay, so that's important to note that we have our conscious mind that we can work on or a subconscious mind that we can work on. Our conscious mind dictates 0.004% of our daily habits, behaviors, actions, right? You don't have to consciously think, hey, lungs, remember to breathe and remember to blink while I'm interviewing Reese, right? That would be very overwhelming. Our subconscious mind is doing 99.996% of our daily actions, behavior, habits. So it's pumping my blood. It's making sure I breathe. It's making sure I blink. I'm a hand talker. So it's making sure I move my hands when I talk. It's doing all of these things for me. And so too many people try to set goals with their conscious mind and then they get frustrated because it doesn't work. That's why New Year's resolutions only last two weeks because your conscious mind gets filled up and it falls to the wayside. So if you want your habits to change and really stick, you need to work on the subconscious level. So that means identity. So if somebody wanted to change um, a smoking habit to go from a smoker to a non-smoker, rather than saying, I'm going to eat an apple instead of having a puff of a cigarette, that's conscious. So as soon as they get stressed out, as soon as they get in a fight with their spouse, as soon as, you know, they have a tough day, they're going to go back to their old habits, right? It's, you know, sometimes you get in your car and you start driving, you get to the the end result. You don't even remember how you got there. Your subconscious mind took over. So how can we let our subconscious minds take over with these little habits? Well, we want to work on the top level of our mind, which is our identity. 
So if you see yourself in the identity of a healthy person, you're not going to trip and fall and accidentally have a cigarette. If you see yourself in the identity of a healthy person, a healthy person has the values of going to the gym or drinking three liters of water. So it's really thinking about, okay, if this is what I want, who do I need to be instead? So um, now, like I just told you, I'm pregnant, so obviously I'm not drinking, but I actually quit drinking a year before I got pregnant. And how I did that, how I made the shift really easy was instead of saying, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink, which all my subconscious would hear is going to drink, going to drink, going to drink. I switched my identity. I started calling myself, I don't know if you ever heard this term, but I started calling myself a teetotaler, which is like kind of a, a funny term for someone who's a non-drinker. As a teetotaler, I just don't drink. It doesn't even come to my awareness. I don't even have to think like, oh, should I have a glass of wine? No, 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 I'm not going to have one. As a teetotaler, I just don't drink. Just like somebody who's a vegan, as someone who really truly sees himself in the identity of a vegan, they don't trip and fall and accidentally have a slice of bacon, right? So if you want to make a habit stick, you want to ask yourself, do I see myself as that person in the identity who who gets that outcome, who gets that result. If you want to be an entrepreneur, you don't just do selling because that's a behavior. You see yourself in the identity of an entrepreneur and that's going to have a trickle down effect on your values, on your potential, on your behavior, on your, your environment and your results. So unless we change that identity, that subconscious part, then everything else is very, very superficial and we're going to backslide hard to make those habit changes. Yeah. You'll backslide. As soon as you get overwhelmed, as soon as there's a lot on your to-do list or you're having a tough day, you'll backslide. So that's one of the first things that I work with with my coaching clients. It's not just about, okay, do this type of post or do this type of marketing funnel or whatever. The first thing is who is your identity as a coach? And that's why they're having such great results because they see themselves as that person who has an important message to share. So of course, it's easy for them to pick up their phone and do a live stream. But somebody who has not changed their identity and is trying to do a live stream, they're going to be scared because they're just the regular, you know, Joe Schmo off the street trying to do a live stream. Mm -hmm. Well, you're in for an exciting time when uh, you have your first child. Yes. Uh, because every parent really needs to change their identity pretty quickly regarding how they spend their time and what's yeah. important. And it, it almost happens through nature that we make those changes. So yeah, that's coming for you as well. Yeah, I think the identity shift when you become a mom or a dad happens without you even needing to force the change because you're like, well, and I have another life to take care of. Right. Well, and we hope people don't resist that natural change because if they try to slide back to what they were before, that's when some tough parenting happens. So Absolutely. Um, I think it's, it's amazing. For sure. well, Reese, if, if you could uh, encounter somebody that just was so discouraged right now, what would be the one, two, three you would say to this person to, to give them a sense of belief, to give them a path to follow, kind of summarizing all the things we've chatted about? Yeah. So if someone was going through a really tough time right now, I'd probably give them the same advice that I gave myself. So um, we touched briefly on my story, but I grew up in a single parent household. My dad was never there when I was about 10. My mom got into a really abusive relationship. By the end of it, ended up getting breast cancer. So easy to say, I didn't really have the easiest life. And so, um, and after that, I had so many negative beliefs about myself and went through a lot emotionally. But I realized one day, if I had gone through all of this and did nothing with it, then it all would have been for nothing. But if I 
go through all of this and I do something with it. I share my lessons. I help others. I empower others. I use it as a tool that strength strengthened me rather than being a victim of it. Then I went through all of these as powerful lessons to make me stronger. So for somebody who's going through a tough time right now, look at where you're at and understand that whatever you're going through, this is a powerful lesson that can actually make you stronger. It can make you a better problem solver. It can make you more dynamic. It can make you look at situations in a way that nobody else can look at. And that makes you unique and that makes you powerful. And using that, rather than seeing it as an obstacle, Use that as a stepping stool to get to where it is that you want to be and create the life that it is that you want. So that would be my first thing, creating a shift in perspective to realize that you're powerful. The next thing that I would do too is get clear on what it is that you want. How could things be instead? I know asking, what do you want with your life? It's a big question. And you know it takes a long time to figure it out. And sometimes you figure it out and then you, you forget, right? But what could be better than now? What would be more enjoyable than now? If you're in a relationship that you don't like, what relationship would be better? How would your partner treat you? Or if your money situation isn't in the way that you want it, how could it look better or your freedom? And start to play with that and start to ask yourself, how could I make this true for me? What version of myself, which person would I have to be to be that person? Or what would I have to do? Maybe your audience looks up to you, Dan, and they say, wow, I love Dan's lifestyle. And he gets to talk to all these amazing people and and all this. I want to do something like Dan. So what would you need to do? Well, maybe start a podcast or a video interview series or something like that. So just start to play and be creative and think about if things were the way I wanted them to be or were closer to the way that I wanted them to be, how would they look? And then the third step is live from that place. So again, when I was working in crappy jobs that I didn't like with very low self-confidence, I asked myself, what would I ask for if I knew the answer was going to be yes? And I would allow myself to be that person to just decide I get to be happy for no reason, or I get to create something, even though nobody asked me to, I get to give myself the opportunities that nobody is. So they want to be a great podcaster like you, Dan. Maybe they just start podcasting with their iMovie that's on their computer or their garage band for free that's on their computer. I started making courses with my phone. I didn't have a nice ring light or whatever. So allow yourself to play and allow yourself to be creative and allow yourself to hone the skills and achieve the type of mastery that you would need to have in order to live the life that you want. And just taking those little tiny baby steps without putting pressure on yourself, without being hard on yourself that allows you to start to create the life that it is that you really want because you're no longer waiting for permission. You're giving yourself that permission. That is so profound. And, you know, Reese, one quote I'm going to carry out of this with me is give yourself permission to be happy for no reason. Absolutely. We, we don't have to justify our happiness. We don't have to justify the, the smile on our face. It's, it's something that's important because if we can smile, we're going to convey a whole lot of positives to the world and to ourselves, even in a tough and difficult time. 100%. I totally you have, agree. You have certainly helped me today. And I know oh, that you've helped you. our listeners. So I want to thank you so much. And we wish you the very, very best in the next several months and throughout your career, particularly with this new phase you're going to enter soon, Mom. <laughs> that's, that's going yes, to be great. Thank you. Thank you. Using all my mindset to get me and the baby ready for this next chapter of my life. Well, it's a fortunate baby indeed. 
So so stay safe and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Very welcome. Bye-bye. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.